0: Welcome back to Victory Drive Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Johnson. I'm here with my brother, Jordan Johnson, and we have a very special guest here. We have Shane Hazel, the libertarian lover from Georgia. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, Shane, how you doing, man?
1: Good to see you guys, man. I got to tell you, it's been too long. Uh, Doing well. Lots of changes since I think last time we talked, but at the same time, uh, you know, moving on. Better, I guess, better pastures, greener pastures, what they say, Gre- better pastures. I
0: <laughs> greener, yeah, better
1: you having me back and, and hanging out again.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we, uh, so before Jordan and I had a podcast, um, what, what was that? Like Veterans for year? Voluntarism. Yeah, Veterans for Voluntarism was like a political podcast, libertarian podcast type yeah. deal. But what was that, like two years ago?
2: Oh shit. Uh yeah, yeah, well I started in like two thousand eighteen and then it yeah. ended in like two thousand and twenty. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, so we know Shane from that from just networking and stuff, and you're a fucking great A American. And we just love to have you on, man. You're a good easy talker, easy listener, you got a good voice and you I was don't- gonna say
1: you gotta give me red for my money. In in the voice department, man, like there's not too many guys out there that are just rolling around with that, that bravado, just dig it into a microphone. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That deep, deep bravado. Yeah. Yeah, People always said I had a face for radio. So (laughs) we're going to put a, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to try it out here. Yeah, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but you, so Shane, you're an interesting guy. So you were, let's start the, let's start back a little ways here. You were in the Marines for a while. What did you do there? Yeah,
1: I did some uh, uh I did some Force reconnaissance for a while. Uh went in after 9/11 and you know went and did the tour a couple times over in Iraq. Uh you know obviously got to see a little bit more behind the curtain and all that kind of stuff and then uh yeah that's I guess that's where the this, this story begins and you know been I guess politically active since 2017. Twenty yeah, I guess twenty seventeen is when I started getting into politics and all that kind of stuff. So okay. been in the public uh, eye for a while and doing some things uh down here in Georgia, kind of stirring the pot, trying to <laughs> I don't know, at least get people to think a little bit more about uh you know, leaving peaceful people alone, uh and and obviously at the same time preserving individual sovereignty and rights. So that's that's kind of my shtick, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'd say you're definitely uh I wouldn't I don't know how you'd say that. Ruffling some feathers, I guess, down there. Because <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, you were, I don't know, if you, I'd say you're the sole reason for a runoff election last year, but you kind of were, weren't you?
1: Yeah, 2020, man. Um, that was the year that uh, I, apparently I gave the Democrats the Senate here in Georgia, <laughs> although I wasn't in the runoff election. But yeah, single-handedly, I think i got about uh, 115,000 votes. And David Perdue, who was a sitting senator down here, Uh, refused to come and address that audience and and on my show, you know, with ample opportunity and uh, then failed to secure the requisite votes needed to be a Senator of Georgia. So, you know, (laughs) the the problem is I don't know that he was any better uh, than the guy that went in as the Democrat and, you know, 20% constitutional voter, that guy sucked. So it's like, you know what,
0: Democrat or Republican, it doesn't really matter at at this point. Yeah, basically at that point, fuck that dude anyways because he had a shitty ass constitutional score. So it's like, what's you're really? I don't even know if you'd say you're picking the lesser of two evils at that point. You're basically just they they both really sucked, and you're just you're just sitting there like, yeah, okay, well maybe I cost a Republican his seat, maybe, but at the same time, who is that fucking guy and why does he matter? He sucks anyways. Pick better. Yeah, you I mean, pick nope. better Republicans. Who knows?
1: When when that Democrat comes back up for re-election, maybe there's a better Republican that comes along. I don't know. You know, there's there's so little damn difference in these guys today, in their voting records it's just uh, it, it's it's one of those things. I've given up on the federal government. I, I really have just been like, yeah, you know what? Let's work local and work with our sheriff and our mayors and get some shit done here. And honestly, it's been a lot more productive uh, in terms of reducing the scale and scope of the the tyranny that's wiped out you know your fourth amendment your second amendment parts of your first amendment the the fifth and possibly sixth and maybe even some of the eighth um you know it's (laughs) it's across the board it's it's a little bit easier to work with sheriffs and mayors and get those guys with badges and guns to um leave peaceful people alone rather than you know trying to beg your way or push your way through the the federal bureaucracy and bullshit
2: yeah definitely and then one thing that COVID kind of showed everybody is that f- the federal government doesn't they can't really do much. <laughs> yeah. I mean like the the states pretty much like Florida like never shut down. Yep. And look at them. Like they're fucking killing it still. They're killing it. And the the funny thing to do about
0: that is Ron DeSantis is killing it in his in that state, you know. He just won <laughs> he just won his uh governor's seat uh for the second time and he won it pretty handily. And he barely won it the first time. So it's one yeah,
1: of those- I mean, and that's the thing is I think all the people that migrated there from New York and the Northeast that were on COVID lockdown and mandates and IDs and masks and, you know, all that other bullshit. I think a lot of those people were like, yeah, we'll vote for him too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, because fuck new york and fuck the northeast and all these tyrants up here like eh, you know what being open's kind of a good thing i like walking around without a mask i like not having an id to go to have a burger or whatever it was you know it's just like yeah yeah a lot of people woke up at that time no for yeah sure. for sure
0: they they really did and that uh it definitely i don't know so you being libertarian do you, I, me personally because i'm i'm a libertarian still i know jordan's still a libertarian to an extent like at least on our voting ideas we are um but (laughs) in a mindset you know me myself i've always been a republican but before the libertarian name became prominent i've always been a liberty minded republican i know that's a weird deal like we should all be liberty minded no matter whether you're a republican or a democrat but (laughs) that's not the truth so it's like i've always i've always i've definitely held freedom and liberty to the utmost standard here in America because that's what made America America kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But as far as like these elections and the COVID policy and all that other stuff, it seems, it seems like, it seems like a lot of people are really starting to make that transition into those States like Florida, like Texas, like, well, even like Idaho, Montana, all those States are, that are generally more, I guess you could say Republican or free than other States like California, and New York. It seems like there's a lot of people fleeing those States because, especially because of COVID that's a huge deal.
2: Yeah. And I don't know the narrative fell apart relatively quickly. I mean, it seemed like watching it in real time when it was happening, it seemed like fucking this shit's never going to fucking end, dude. This is unreal. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like looking back at it now people are like, oh, who was it that shared that article? There's an article written like, "Well, we need COVID amnesty right now. We just forget everything that everybody's vanity." Yeah, yeah. The Atlantic. The Atlantic was Atlantic. by
1: Emily Oscar, and she was saying it's time to put away our differences and, and <laughs> you know COVID amnesty. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure when you guys crossed that line about not knowing and uh, decided to use a, a bunch of Gestapo force and coercion. I mean. Minus literally going out and throwing people into camps, rounding them up and putting them on cars and sending them off. Like they pulled the same bullshit that 1939 Germans did. Yeah. And oh yeah. Totally inexcusable. Absolutely unexcusable. Once you start to use the word amnesty as if, you know, the, 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 the trials that are going to happen at some point, mm-hmm. this, I mean, these people need to absolutely fry for what
2: they did. For this sure. This ever never happen again. Just for, I mean, also just for swaying public opinion so drastically and aggressively and, like, the corporate coercion and shit that was going on with, oh, you have to be vaccinated to work here. Otherwise, fucking, you ain't going to be able to feed your kids. You know what I mean? Like, to a normal dude that doesn't pay attention is like, okay, I'm going to get it, I guess. Oh, yeah, dude. And then looking at the cases like myocarditis and shit like that that's coming out now with that rushed Pfizer Freaking, what I would call close, probably the closest would come to fascism in my time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that not real. Do like people are dying about that shit. That brings up a
0: whole new fucking cameras with the cold COVID shit too. It's like, I personally know a lot of dudes that were just hardworking blue collar fucking Americans and they're trying to work their job. And then they get, they get this policy handed down. I was one of them. So I was working for G I was working for general electric during this whole, when the vaccines got rolled out and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. And I didn't want to get it because I wanted to wait. I'm just trying to be responsible. I'm like, I'm going to wait i and wait and see what the some of the side effects are. I already had COVID. I'm like, okay, well, I, I dealt with it fine. I'm a 30-year-old fucking man that has a at least somewhat healthy immune system. And I dealt with it. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm like, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm going to wait and see what happens. And they came down. They're like, hey, you got to get it. Or you got to fucking walk. You either got to walk or they had these religious exemption th- exemptions that you could fill out. So my whole site filled it out. We all basically – like, it was like fucking school, dude. We were all copying each other's fucking answers and shit, <laughs> these questions. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to get this amnesty form filled out. And everyone's got it accepted besides mine for some reason. So I had this whole fucking shit show. I had to talk to – I just had to keep talking – to the higher ups like my site manager and then his fucking boss and I'm going up to his boss's boss. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have to lawyer up or what, but this is fucking unacceptable and I'm not going to stand for it. And I'll basically, I was like, I'll see you guys in court, I guess if this is how it's going to be, because I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to get the vaccine. So either you push us through or I guess we'll settle it the legal way and see what happens. In uh, yeah. that, fuck around and find out scale, right? Yeah. So I just sat. I just sat my ass down. My boss sat there and he's like, "Dude, seriously, like, we we can figure something out. We can figure it out a different way." I'm like, "Nope, fuck them." Like they they put their. This is where they stand. If they're gonna fire me for it, then fuck them. We'll see what happens. And they yep. ended up approving it. So <laughs> they're like, "We don't want to fucking deal with this shit anymore." So they just approved it. I think in well, the man, I, the I HR lady thing. ended up getting fired right. for it. So yeah.
1: <laughs> And that's, that's a big thing with, you know, what these, a lot of people in corporate America, right? Like you guys are veterans, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you got out because at some point you're probably like, yeah, you know what, there, there's a freer world out there for me to go participate in that is not filled with people that tell you to do something that you can't question a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you stand up, instead of taking the knee, you know, like instead of, you know, groveling for, you know, acceptance and forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. You, you got you are the same as, you know, I think a lot of us out here is it's just you you're like, "No, you know what? This doesn't seem right, and I'm going to take a stand for this." And even the slightest bit of pushback a lot of times these corporate suits and shit, they fold because mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. used to it personally They've got no good arguments. They do what they're told because they they think that either it's going to, you know, make them look better for their boss. Which makes them, you know, help them. I guess climb the, the corporate ladder faster, and you know, in sacrificing all those people that would question it, that don't, that don't want it, that are probably their best producers, you know, because they're they're actually thinkers, you know, they actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have that, that that ability to contemplate and, and think through not only short term, you know, but that long term, that you know, that that low time preference guy that's solving problems in the future now. And like if you're if you're getting rid of those guys, oh, man, have fun with your business. This is gonna mm-hmm. fail miserably. And I, that's where a lot of these companies are now. A lot of these companies that did this shit to their people, the managers that did this, man, a lot of them are under investigation for ethics violations. A mm-hmm. lot of them are investigation for HR violations. And a lot of these people at the top are going down because what they did was they violated fiduciary duty to the board members. And they asked a lot of people that were actually bringing in quite a you know good sum of money, and it's it's going to play out across corporate America. And part of me thinks it's part of the plan. Part of me thinks mm-hmm. it's part of the plan to absolutely cripple uh, and and do a controlled demo on yes. the entire economy. So yeah, yeah, yep. I hope it, they eat it. I hope everybody else gets rich off of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is too, um, with the death of some of these. I guess I only really want to say death because a lot of them aren't dying or aren't dead yet, but uh, it's one of those things where it's going to open up a lot yeah. of, it's going to open up a lot more for normal people to actually be able to get a bigger slice of the pie, you know, instead of having the pie eaten up by a bunch of other shit. And that's one of those things too. If the, if the mandate never came down from the fucking white house another none of shit would have happened. So that's another meddling of the federal government in day-to-day operations of how the country actually fucking works.
2: Yeah, it was like a big psyop, dude. I mean, you had the president saying, go get vaccinated. I got vaccinated. I was like, oh. Part of me thinks that these elites that are saying to go get the fucking shot, they got a shot of something, but not that Pfizer vaccine. Oh, right. Or the Johnson & yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, first yeah. of all,
0: how fucking weird is it? I, I swear. Have you ever seen a, a president or anyone, any member of government get a shot on camera before in your life no i've seen joe biden get a shot more than i've ever seen anyone get a shot like this makes no sense every single booster that he gets i think he's on his like eighth booster he's like i'm getting it again i'm still here and kicking the the question is which joe biden
2: was it though was it the same was it the guy that fell off the bike as joe biden or was it the joe biden that fell up the stairs in air force one yeah either one <laughs> where is the where is the joe biden i don't know i don't even know dude have you seen those like theory videos at. and shit of body and stuff yeah no, dude, it's kind of oh, convincing yeah i no, haven't
1: watched different it. <laughs> different ear, like ear sets and everything yeah. else like you know connected earlobes versus hanging earlobes and yeah man like you know you get to a certain point when you start getting older and Camera and everything else, you you know, you do that swap. I think they did it with John Kerry a long time ago. Honestly, like that guy sure. looks a lot different uh, mm-hmm. than the what was it the two thousand four run that he put together for you know for the what was it the Florida election or was that Gore I don't know whatever it was. But at any rate, yeah, man, like the, I think this whole thing like he's a muppet, right? Like anybody in there is a muppet anyway. And the fact oh, that yeah. he got up there and you know he'll say whatever they put on the teleprompter, repeat line you know and all that other you're just like oh god it's ron burgundy only he's 80 and the uh, president of the
0: united states that's crazy the this thing is, is too john Kerry actually looks like a muppet he does. actually looks like a fucking like a like a muppet like Dude, his face is all long yeah. and weird
2: speaking of muppets he's, he's got, got that arm up his yeah. ass <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> so speaking on this is kind of off topic a little bit, but have you guys been paying attention to the Philadelphia dude, Fetterman?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> not since the election. Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, that's got
2: that's gotta be con- like a Psyop, right, or something? Like that's not real. That uh, dude didn't really win, right?
0: Yeah, he I think he really won. But it's it's also kind of weird that beat Doctor Oz. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> Oz got Okay. Obviously, you know,
2: Medical, We're living in medical, an idiocracy, bro. Medical
0: medical conditions are not to be laughed at. But Dr. House no. got beat by a dude that just had a fucking stroke. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like yeah. just had yeah. a stroke.
0: My my like our grandma had like, you know, before she passed, she had like four strokes. And it's like after her first one, I'm like, I don't think she could be running for Senate. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I don't know. I'd rather have somebody just dumb weird. and dangerous, I guess. It's just
0: weird. It's weird that oh. Fetter it's weird that Fetterman, um, for one, like that he won. And it's also weird that he kept going that the, that the Democrat party was like, yeah, dude, fuck your health, get your ass out there and do what we need you
2: to do. Was he a dem? Cause Oz, oh, yeah. Oz was a G- GOP, right? Yeah. Oz is Republican. Fetterman's. Yeah, Democrat. It, it,
1: it, let's, let's just pretend that voting isn't just totally rigged for just a second. Let's just yeah, say that yeah. like, <laughs> voting works. Yeah. You know, like um, when you look at how these different cultures vote, there is a line that is too far for I think a lot of Republicans, right? And I think Dr. Oz probably crossed that line with guns, especially. Yes. Uh, he was he's a he's an anti-gun Republican yep. first yep. and foremost, right? And so there's a lot of Republicans that are like, "Fuck this guy." However, Democrats aren't like that. Democrats are like, "Oh, that's our boy, blue all the way down <laughs> the damn." Thing. Yep, and guess what? We're gonna we're gonna troll you guys about this guy. We don't give a fuck if he's terrible. We don't care if he's not our guy. the The problem is is that's not the way Republicans vote. So you won't ever have the amount of Republicans that will go out and vote for a shit candidate. That you will have the Democrats go out and support a shit candidate, and then you'll have even less in terms of the Libertarians. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> if it wasn't rigged, you're still fucked in this system because no matter what. Those guys are like, nah, fuck it. I don't care if that guy fucks kids. I'm okay with that. Right? You know, like, that's what, that's what they'll do.
0: No, absolutely. That's a 100%. 100% right. The Democrats definitely have that mindset where they're like, I don't give a fuck. If he's got a deed next to his name, he's our guy. For sure. Like, yeah. no questions asked. I don't give a fuck about his policy. Uh, I will meld to whatever he says. It's not a big deal. But yeah. Rep- yeah, like you said, typically Republican voters are not like that. And especially not libertarian voters. Like if you want to be a libertarian candidate and actually win, first of all, that's fucking hard enough in itself. It's second of all, unicorn dude. (laughs) After after, you know it better than any of us, Shane, but you know, after dabbling into the libertarian world, it's like, Holy fuck. If you're not even a perfect, even the perfect person is not good enough.
2: Yeah. The worst part about, uh, I guess, what we were doing libertarian-wise, like, I guess, living in that world at the time, was... Uh, it, I mean, all these interactions were, like, 90% social media. Oh, yeah. Or podcasts, you know yep. what I mean? Like, every libertarian had a podcast, and then they all had, like, some weird libertarian account that they were mm-hmm. fucking with people on.
0: What's funny, actually, is I, I was listening to the Lions of Liberty podcast, oh. and... Oh, fuck, I, I haven't listened to him for a long time, but I remember listening to one of his podcasts, and he said, he said on his podcast, like... Hey, libertarians! If you really want to do the libertarian movement some good, go live your life and stop producing podcasts and <laughs> yeah. get all this shit. And I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. That he's saying it on his podcast, and he's like, "Oh, uh, you realize it's kind of, you know, contradictory to what I'm doing right now, but, <laughs> but stop fucking <laughs> doing it.
2: Stop listening to my podcast. Yeah. Go learn the trade. <laughs> yeah,
0: not every libertarian needs their own podcast to talk about this shit. So just go out, live your life, and do your thing. I'm like, you know what? He's got a point i'm just gonna start hunting yeah. i'm just gonna go out and start hunting and fuck everything
1: <laughs> you know i'll say and you know what maybe that that might actually be the answer now i I, <laughs> I say that in jest, right it's like i love those guys like mark and uh and, and the rest of those guys over at lines of liberty but the, the thing is is like media in this country in terms of the propaganda the mainstreams, those the, they're, they're toast. I think there was something on uh, Drudge today that it was talking about the low cash flow for advertisers that are trying to save their own ass, Like kind of in relation to what we were talking about earlier with the COVID uh, mandates. People are fucking leaving and everything else, and you got the advertisers who are trying to cut back so they're not putting as much money into uh, the, the advertisement on propaganda. And so those guys are dying and by the numbers. Now, podcasts have actually become the number one source of news and information mm-hmm. for for not only America but for the world, mm-hmm. and that's saying something right like that's that's like well i I can understand like there's a number of libertarian podcasts out there that you know get like negative five listeners, and you know mm-hmm. the four or so that they might get might be their mom or something, but you know it's <laughs> like it, it, it's it's not to say that they're not valuable, no, yeah, especially, no. you know what I mean? Like those guys that are doing a lot of that local work, especially, or state work or whatever it is at that level. I think that's super important for a lot of people. And there's still it, that decentralized way to make money. Yep, and, yeah. and I think that's really cool. And really important for people is like, Hey man, you, you got fired from your corporate job. Fucking, you got a skill, you got some, you got some smarts. You can talk to people. People enjoy that kind of stuff. Hmm. Maybe you can go out and get a few sponsors that are done paying for network news and got lots of damn budget to advertise with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I don't know,
0: man. It's just an idea for people out there. Maybe looking, dude, I'm honestly a huge proponent of people. If they have the, if they have an idea and they're like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. Like dude, fucking go for it. Like it's, Go for it. If you can talk, you can do a podcast. You know, obviously, it comes to the one, it comes to one of those things where it's like you know, be consistent and be honest and also blah blah blah, and have people interesting people on like you Shane and everything and you Jordan. It's like I might not be interesting, but I can always talk to interesting people. Maybe, sure. But um, that's one interesting. Thanks, man. That's really nice. But it's I one of those things it. like if you want to start a podcast, especially if you're a libertarian or you're a hunter or you're a pro gun or you're a Democrat or you're a fucking transgender whatever the fuck it doesn't matter like go out and speak your truth yeah. sister go for it like hillary, and, hillary and see, clinton yeah and you're right and see who listens and if nobody listens oh well at least you can put your voice out there into the void and you can feel good about yourself I'll it's say, one hey, of those things it's like, go for it man we can fuck talk it, shit go. but
2: guess what all these libertarian podcasts are still alive and kicking and rocking and barack obama and fucking that singer dude what was his oh. name Camp, i think was it Or no, was it? it was bruce springsteen bruce spring don't put Mellencamp down like <laughs> their that. their podcast didn't survive dude right? <laughs> yeah that They're, didn't survive the pandemic no it didn't survive shit <laughs> did you listen to it the two
0: most fucking ridiculous people to have making their own podcast is like oh yeah what was it called even
2: i can't remember but it was fucking god awful
0: rocking the free world or something i don't know did you listen to it shane yes. No, I, I haven't, but I,
1: I do like your classification. now that I'm not running for office ever again, um, <laughs> your, your, your classification of the transgender, whatever the fuck, is that like? Is that the new category?
0: Like, oh yeah, LBG, dude. GF, uh, They keep adding words. Whatever to... whatever yeah, adding absolutely. Whatever. When you get when you start getting tongue twisted, if you just say whatever the fuck. It's fine. Like that.
2: that, covers it. that covers it, dude.
0: <laughs> you got. You, you guys have been hunting a little bit more, huh? I have. Jordan I Jordan doesn't because he's on. Uh,
2: I work fucking fifty hours a week, man. Yeah, he's a fucking anti. I'm a working dude. class bro.
0: He's a working class fucking
2: loser. <laughs> 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 I work fifty hours a week. I have a band. Uh I just got a PS five. It's very important. Yeah, those are my priorities right now. Yeah. Priorities, bro. <laughs> and that's you know, and that's totally understandable, And every time dude. I go out eat wait, I take too large of a dose of edibles and it just fucks my whole night up. Yeah. Oh, yeah dude man, you came to
0: fucking uh, halloween and you're like hey bro i just eat like four edibles two. so i don't
2: know what's hey, gonna two. happen
0: right now i'm like shit dude fuck
1: how many that. how many milligrams are you
2: getting to uh these are 20 milligrams per so i mean it's not a huge <laughs> amount yeah so i mean i was, well, was rocking on like 40 milligrams the other day dude i ate one and a half and that I Had a, a series of situations that sort of contributed to my downward spiral on that day, but that's a different story. Well, I just kind of started. Well, thinking for about mere it.
1: mortals, I mean, sometimes five to ten is quite a bit. Quite you know, a some, bit. <laughs> there's some time travel, and all the the continuum goes away, and then some people call the cops, and they're like, "I think I'm not breathing," but you know, <laughs> yeah. still alive somehow. Yeah, was that one where the guy called up and he's like, "Man, I think we stopped time."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, you you definitely overserved. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, I'd like to say Jordan allegedly did these edibles. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say right,
2: I ate them in Minnesota and then drove Iowa. Oh yeah. There you go.
0: Well, you didn't drive.
2: No, I got driven. You got an Uber. You got
0: an Uber back down. Yep. Alleged. Allegedly, Ubered from Minnesota. It's fine. Um. But so since we're on that topic, um, I have been listening. So since we're all veterans here and we're all part of that community a little bit too, I've been hearing a lot of talk about like psilocybin and DMT, like severely help, like really helping veterans that are struggling with PTSD. And that is one, yeah. one, one huge goal of mine with this podcast too is to talk to more veterans on here and get their, get their stories out, talk to them a little more and maybe even possibly help them in. You know, because obviously the whole twenty-two a day thing, veteran suicide, the rates oh, are yeah. still fucking ridiculous, right? It's crazy. It's insane. I it's mean, insane how many veterans come back and fucking kill themselves, and it's something that I no matter even if I help one dude out there, that'd be fucking awesome. But I know I'm not super educated in like the psilocybin, DMT, um, what do you call them? Fucking. I'm drunk. What, like, like mushrooms? Yeah,
2: like psychedelics.
0: Psychedelics. There you go. Psychedelics. Yeah, helping a lot of people out there that are struggling with depression and PTSD and all that shit. And I know you guys are a lot more versed in that than I am.
2: I'm um, not very versed. I just like THC.
0: Well, and that keeps largely. me.
2: I don't know. Just kind of helps a lot with like with my broken ass body, like inflammation mm-hmm. and things like that. It seems like it helps. I don't know, but I guess the science behind like microdosing with psychedelics. Or having a psychedelic experience, from what I understand, is that it kind of helps you face your issues on your own, like by yourself. I don't Mm -hmm. know, though. I haven't done psychedelics since I've been deployed. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, something that I would Um, would like to experiment with, yeah.
1: I I, I would like to invite you guys to come and experience it then. Because I just started the Brave mission down here in Waleska, Georgia. And we're doing just this. We're taking veterans out with uh, post-traumatic stress. We're going to take other people out with post-traumatic stress, and we run them through an experience. So uh, I was introduced to this a while back and was, you know, a big proponent of, uh, you know, high doses of THC to start doing some of this work. Right. It was, you know, it was positive small stuff at first. And it just, like you were saying, Jordan, you know, uh, helps with the aches and pains, helps you get some good night rest, which is absolutely vital to your mm-hmm. health. performance, right, like rest is like that first pillar uh, in in you know your 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 health in terms of like rest, diet, uh, your information uptake, exercise, things like that. That I think a lot of things that get pushed to the side and ignored uh, because you're, when you're young, you don't have to think about these things. It's just not you know you can like you said, you can go drink a damn fifth of Jack and then get up and run it off, yep. you know, for PT in the morning. And like, that doesn't happen when you're 40 after you started, you know, your, your career and all that kind of stuff. So the, the, uh, the, the, post-traumatic stress and psilocybin, I was actually, I just did a show on this earlier today. Uh, it's called the, the death of fear. And there's a, there's so much to unpack with veterans, post-traumatic stress and just post-traumatic stress and, and psychedelics for one, for all things. The, the number of people that were just studied in the Johns Hopkins uh, psychedelic research, this was uh, a group of about 3,100 people uh, that they did a, a study on. And of these people, 90% who went through the experience with this not only said that they felt less anxiety about death, but they actually had very meaningful spiritual type of uh, experience and now purpose for their lives. So in in terms of like being an event, they rated it in the top five of all events in their entire life. I mean, you think about Mm. that, you know, for me, you know, marriage, kids, uh, surviving war, and then this, right. And, And, and that in terms of an experience in your life that you will never forget, at least, you know, your first time. And the thing is, is you don't need more, in one trip but you know if you're one of those people that's a warrior and you know you have this warrior spirit that you know somewhere along the line they corrupted in america where they were like hey yeah you know what red white and blue say the pledge stand for you know the national anthem take your hat off uh let's be star spangly awesome and badass and free and all that kind of stuff that got corrupted where it said, "Oh yeah, you know, no we're going to go do this stuff for the banks and we're going to do this stuff for American quote-unquote interests and the bureaucracies and the politicians and all that kind of stuff that got totally perverted, co-opted and transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, they pervert they perverted the warrior class and this helps you kind of recognize that. So there's, there's a lot of different experiences. And as you guys have, you know, questions about this, this is somewhere, you know, I'd, I'd love to help you guys or anybody in your audience with, uh, if they want to reach out, because what we're doing is we're taking guys out um, there. I live out here now, there's about 2000 acres of untouched Cherokee forest. Hmm. And all over the place out here, there are things that are you know, what they call, you know, touch trees, like they're, they're bent trees, where these trees were left by the Cherokee hunters that came out to the forest. They would tie them off as saplings so that they would point and help not only themselves but other generations after them find things like springs or holy places, graveyards, meeting hmm. points, mm-hmm. um, all of these just amazing things. And so you go out and you sit with these things and you, you have your trip and, you know, under the right supervision, uh, two and a half grams in a, in a really powerful place like that it will give you kind of phase one where you have the dying. And then as you're exiting phase one and coming, you know, kind of back up, uh, the rebirth, uh, and this, this event that continues to last long after that hours after that, uh, in the right hands has the ability to absolutely change your life for the better. And I mean, talking like purpose driven, mission driven, Uh, full of excitement and and passion, ready to go out and do something completely different than, you know, that corrupted code uh, that, you know, got you there in the first place. Not to mention, you know, you guys are brothers. I took my brother out, and we used to play in the woods all all the time together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at some point, I don't know when that was, probably when we were teenagers, we stopped doing that. And I don't know, like, I don't understand it. I don't understand why like going out and sitting with a bunch of dudes and having you know like real conversations ever got to that point where society was like man bury that shit down never fucking talk about it never never bring it up never talk about you know how you know there are some things that are you know what like a weakness in you right like that 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 got so bastardized and perverted and this changes it it changes it all, and there's you know there's there's a lot more to it than even you know what I've said so far. But this mm-hmm. this effect that psilocybin has for post traumatic stress cannot be underrated not not even a little bit. In fact, I think it's been suppressed because people who have gone through this who report that their anxiety and their depression and their uh, fear is gone because now they control their own oodle loop. They control the space between their ears. And now it's a fortress that nobody else can fuck with. When you have people like that with the skills that we have, those people are impossible to enslave. Oh yeah. They are absolutely some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet.
0: Like that. Holy, we're going to reintroduce all this shit. Yep. And -hmm. and not just that, um, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said there, Shane. But uh, the biggest thing is it's not that hard to really understand uh, why psilocybin mushrooms and why DMT and all that stuff is so bastardized in society today is because look at what we just talked about, COVID, and how powerful that was. And just look at how much money Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and Moderna and all these other fucking people made off of mandated vaccines. Mm -hmm. Like the mandate didn't come down as being like, you know, we didn't really get punished. We didn't get put in prison for not taking it, but you were ostracized from a society. If you lived in an area that was very COVID scared, if you will, or, you know, I, I don't know. If you lived in a certain area, you got bastardized. You got pushed out of society if you didn't get the vaccine. And stuff like psilocybin mushrooms, it is take it takes away a huge, huge chunk of profit from these pharmaceutical companies. And we and people like you, Shane, talk about this all the time with pharmaceuticals and their power and their reach and their control. But my God, can you you have to be absolutely completely blind to not realize? at least how much money these people made off of COVID and just imagine how much money they're making consistently, constantly off of the constant depression and constant fear from people, you know, from people that are depressed. Like what, what do you do when you are depressed? You go to the doctor and you talk to them. They say, okay, they, they take you to a specialist and the specialist like, yeah, okay, yep, 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 yep. Sure. Writing down their little notebook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. definitely, you're definitely very depressed. You've been through a lot in your life. You know, I mean, I'd really like to help you, but you know what would really help you is this big old pill bottle full of fucking whatever, uh, anti-depression, anti-anxiety medication. And once you get on one set of them, you get on another set. And it's just a never-ending cycle of being on these pills that have They're so many side effects. Any,
1: yeah, not only uh, non-proven side effects, but yeah. actually a lot. In, in a lot of cases, the opposite. Right. There's a lot of people who take depression medicine and they absolutely tap out like, mm-hmm. I mean, kill themselves. Um, I actually had a, a buddy whose dad was a Navy SEAL. Um, you know, we had had some conversations about some things once I was out. We were talking about, you know, starting a, a gun range and all this kind of stuff. And two weeks later, that guy was dead. He Jeez. had he'd, he'd started two. Um, he'd, he'd started a couple med, meds and the antidepressant that they gave him. Within two weeks, he was he, he took his own life, and was, like you were just like, what the hell happened? I mean, son, amazing son. It's not like he's ashamed of the, the the boy he raised. The guy is still a Navy SEAL. He you know was a sniper instructor, just a complete badass. And, and I love that guy. And then his his wife, man, you you talk about out kicking your coverage like his like. There was there was this picture didn't make any sense for them to put this guy on depression. But to your point, that baseline of what they were selling was that mass psychosis, that fear. Yep, and if yep. you had a population that was just like, nah, nah, I'm not afraid of COVID. I've got a 10,000 year old fucking immune system. I know what that immune system has survived in in a lot of cases because I've been out in it. The mm-hmm. fact that it survived the mosquitoes, the fact that it survived, you know, the common cold maybe a cut or some shit like that back in the day. Like those were fucking death sentences. Oh yeah, And mm-hmm. the idea that you have something that grows out of the ground, that you can grow in your house, that, you know, performs naturally. And from like a single mushroom, you will never, ever, ever have to do anything else in terms of replenishing your, uh, your source. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you take the spore print from psilocybin, and you put that stuff down into a uh, you know a temperature humidity control safe place. You can take spores from that thing anytime you need to start it grow again and begin all over just from that mm-hmm. forever. That's it. Like there <clears throat> there are literally these types of things that are, should be handed down. Like I don't know, like sourdough bread recipes from one generation to another generation. There are some people that have you know like their great great grandmother sourdough recipe. Uh, that is actually the same culture that she started, right? Same mm-hmm. thing with psilocybin. This is one of those things where it, it is such a prolific, easy, natural thing to interface with. And you have a, you have a psychedelic system, right? You, not only do you have an endocannabinoid system, but you have a system that's <clears throat> built to receive and deal with psychedelics. And you should. Ancient humanity started uh, this a long time ago, especially in the uh, Mediterranean. Uh, with the Greeks and the Romans and, and all of these other people, minus, you know, before the Catholic Church got a hold of it. Yeah. But they were doing this stuff with Ergot. They were doing this stuff with Spike Punch. They were doing this stuff all over the place, and they called it the glue that kept humanity together, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like, to be able to empathize, to see things from other points of view, to consider why somebody might do something before you jump down their fucking throat or go to war with them. Mm-hmm. And, boy, you, you start talking about a world that doesn't fear that has empathy, that works together in a consentful way, not because they're forced to, you've got it. You've got a completely different
0: world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about those ancient culture, ancient civilizations, ancient cultures and stuff too. Uh, they held like, especially so, like mushrooms up to a very high regard. And the, like, they were at war all the time. Like, they were constantly fighting, either fighting or hunting or gathering, they're living hard lives. So, Imagine, how did they not kill themselves, you know? How did they not just say, like, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'm just going to fall on the sword and just end the civilization, probably because they had access to those, they to weren't those afraid. things and they weren't afraid and they had they had their gods and all this other stuff, which is a whole another aspect of,
2: you know, mushrooms well, they, to talk about. Like, they had a, you talk
0: about gods and God and everything else.
2: Almost but, all these ancient cultures that we're talking about, too, have some kind of virtue system that they hold above their own life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we mm-hmm. need to preserve this thing. And our right. sons need to pervert, you know, preserve that thing as well. Right. And it's like, now we don't really have that. Now it's mostly self-serving kind of shit. But to go back a little bit on what you guys were talking about there, I kind of wanted to comment <clears throat> on the psilocybin thing. So I was on antidepressants for a while. Mm-hmm. And what, the, what they do, especially like with doctors and like these pharmaceutical companies, is they treat it like an anesthetic, you know, or it's like, we need to numb your fucking terrible thoughts oh right right you know we need those yep. to go away or we just don't want to see them really is what it comes down to and if you have like a big ass open wound and you're just constantly numbing the pain it's going to get infected and kill you you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. psilocybin psychedelics um, i would say thc too kind of forces you to be introspective and to face your problems yeah and to put a bandage on the wound and to take care of it
0: that was something I was I was gonna jump back to on as well. It, where it is, it's like it, to me I've never I've never been on antidepressants or anxiety stuff like that. I I'm not saying I have never been depressed or I've never been anxious about things for long extended periods of time. But I've I've just grown up to and you know, always been so just like you know I don't need that shit. I don't need that shit for like for one, two. Like, I'm a pretty I'm a Christian and I, you know, I, I pray and I, I try to go to church when I can, but, um, I feel like I'm pretty strong mentally, but that, you know, when I feel like when you get put on antidepressants and stuff like that, you just, it's not curing anything. You're just putting it, you're putting your feelings inside of a bottle, like a literal bottle. And once that bottle runs out, so what? Like, what's the wean off process of something like that? Jordan? There isn't one. Exactly, there isn't one. It's just saying constantly
2: lifetime numb yourself.
0: Was that? Yeah,
1: lifetime. You're a lifetime member. Yep. that's what they want. They want a lifetime subscription of subsidized pill takers. Yep. Right. Like it's that's that's their that's their business model. It, and, and, and and Jordan, I'm glad you brought that up, man. This when when you first do this, you know, I would I would definitely recommend. If you got a shaman and you have access to a shaman, use a shaman. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is their job, right? Like this this is what they live to do because they have so much conviction in it. Um, two and a half grams of psilocybin is is a pretty good first trip, right? Like you you have the ability, depending on time and place. And I definitely would say this: I would recommend that it's quiet and it's peaceful and there's no distractions and that you're not going out to party. You've got no other agenda, probably fast for at least, you know, I'd say six, but if you can fast for 12 hours before you take something like this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a, there's a great method that, uh, that I use in this experience where we go out prior to dawn and it's like going out for a hunt. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you go out and you, you're sitting and you're ready by the time, Um, you know, you get there, so, you know, give 15 minutes so you can get adjusted, get ready, um, do whatever you need and then blast off, right? That, that time, that introspection, when you, you know, kind of die, right? What they call you, you, you fall into yourself. It's, it's fairly lucid. Um, but the more you do this, the more control you have during these things. And for guys that are fighters, right? Like for the warrior class, To be able to go in and not only fight their own demons, but then to see the breakdown of of this time and space and fight demons that are, you know, possibly, I don't know, not here, that are different realms, different dimension, different time, different space, whatever it is, right? Where you are doing some real, real work within your own mind. Mm-hmm. This is something that I don't think gets addressed enough because if you can do this kind of stuff where you as a you know this person who's a warrior that wants to you know to exercise this mind muscle let's let's face it the strongest warriors have the strongest minds Man, well, and when when you can when you can master your own mind and go in over and over and over again and create this, you know, the steel person. Cause every time you do it, it's, it's going to be kind of a different thing uh, depending on what your intentions are, what your experiences are, the dosage. Right. And, and I, I will tell you, you know, some of my biggest revelations have come um, as I've taken more. So mm-hmm. you know, they say five is a hero's dose above that. You're starting to get into some, some real work. And I'll tell you, you know, if you walk out into the middle of nowhere into, you know, safe environment, be smart um, right. or, or take a shaman. But if you can do this kind of work on your own, like you can go out into the forest before dawn and have a trip. And then uh, as you're coming out of this, and, and, and I mean like you're going to feel as if you're being resurrected and you're starting to learn like all of this again. And you're having those moments of like, you're getting older. You can feel like the, the age, right. And it's not that it lasts, but it's like, now you're starting to learn to function all over again. The humility that comes with it. It's in the, the acceptance that maybe you're not a young person anymore and that you've got value and experience to give back to younger generations to teach them about this kind of stuff where it's not crazy. Right. Like you were to say in Jordan is like, we haven't had these cultural, um, things to pass down right these Mm -hmm. these things that have to be preserved so like as a as a homesteader out here on a mountain that talks about psychedelics and talks about (laughs) the warrior culture and like hunting and all this kind of stuff having your kids understand what this stuff is early and that it doesn't have the stigma and that this is actually a vital part of humanity this is a this is a super important part in terms of like rites of passage and like like I was telling you guys before I think we started the show is like out here we had Cherokee Indians that would come up here into the hunting lands. And, you know, they we're probably chomping at the bit by fall to come out here and get with their boys and probably the guys in the neighboring tribes on the other side of the watershed. They would all come out here and I guarantee you they were doing, you know, some sort of psychedelics. Then they were hunting and doing more psychedelics and doing like having the time of their fucking lives out here becoming young men, learning cultures, hearing stories that are passed down and I mean what a what an opportunity to, to restore and resurrect culture you know that we've we've absolutely been I don't know kind of like we've outsourced it. we've outsourced mm-hmm. all the uncomfortable, the struggle, the adventure we've outsourced all of this kind of shit that God knows where. And like, once you start getting back into that and you show those, those kids, those kind of things, Oh my God, you want to talk about just kids that are energized to be out in the woods, doing things, learning things, touching things. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing.
0: Yeah. That, that's one thing that for me, that has really helped me. Obviously when I growing up, Jordan and I, we grew up, we went out hunting with our dad, you know? doing that kind of thing. Uh, but then when we joined the military, obviously that all that took a back burner. Um, I didn't do, I did zero hunting while I was in the service. And when I got out, um, is, that was always one thing I really wanted to do. I wanted to get back into and just kind of jump into that, into that world and kind of re just recapture some of my, my youth before being the, before being in the army. But, um, the biggest thing is that when I go out hunting, it is, like, a very spiritual experience. Like, when I'm out there, even when you're with your buddies and doing these things, it's like, you're out there in nature and you're just taking it all in. Like, I would never be a fucking hiker. Like, just being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hike some fucking woods <laughs> for no reason. I need a goal. Like, I need something to do. You need I, to some. I need to kill something. I need to have a goal. Even if I don't even if I go out there hunting and I am just hiking with a bow and arrow or a fucking gun or whatever it is, I have a goal. I have a purpose. I have a mission. I'm out there. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do these things and I'm but I'm gonna enjoy the process. I'm gonna enjoy everything that is from here to the end goal. Even if I don't kill anything, I still have Mm -hmm. an extraordinary experience, but I can't. I'm not a guy where I'm just like, yeah, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go fucking hike around and the cold, and wake up at fucking three in the morning to go hike this mountain for no reason but to see what's up there. Yeah. You know? (laughs) That that just ain't me. And maybe that's what... What is it,
1: Jim Gaffigan, where he's got that joke about, you guys that are hikers, I don't get it. Apparently you just walk around. You're not even walking towards
0: anything. Yeah. (laughs) I like hiking. Exactly. I mean, hiking is, is cool, but it's just not something that I'm like... I'm not going to be a big
2: hiker, but I I guess to kind of relate to you, uh, when I'm hiking, quote unquote hiking, I was not renowned for its world class hiking, but no, um, I'm. <laughs> but when I am doing some dumb shit like that, I'm usually foraging or looking for something. Yeah, mushroom hunting, foraging oh, yeah. to a certain extent, like sort of trying to be Scope. like, okay, this is like some this is something in my fucking brain that it does. Yep. Because, I mean, there's a theory out there, too, that, like, ancient, super ancient cultures, like, even more, even older than what modern historians are really kind of telling is that, A, they're not, they weren't agriculturalists. They were hunter-gatherer societies. Mm-hmm. And, B, mm-hmm. they took psychedelics very regularly. Sure. Oh, yeah. And the idea, I, so I watched Graham Hancock's show recently, today. <laughs> it's fantastic, by the way. I read it. Is. What's that? Who's that? Yeah, he wrote a book back in the 90s called The Fingerprint of the Gods. Oh, okay. The idea is that human civilization is way older than any of us. 10,000 years, or even,
1: even you know, 10,000 years is kind of like that jumping off mark, right? 10,000 BC mm-hmm. is oh, where yeah. a lot of the mainstream academics say that, you know, that's kind of like modern humanity kind of started. It's oh, bullshit.
2: Yeah. oh, yeah. And the yeah. whole idea of evolution and shit is kind of flawed, I guess, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But, okay. Yeah, the idea is that they had. Some sort of te- crazy, like technology, very similar to what we have now. Way back then, and there was a cataclysmic event, which in the Bible is usually the flood. Yep. There's a flood in every single culture's lore, right? Sure. And I guess the idea is that they had some kind of technology that was related to taking psychedelics and being hunter gatherers. Oh, okay. Like they were connected to a certain extent, mm-hmm. and we've lost it in our brains to have that connection anymore.
0: Dude, I think I think we all kind of like, even if you dial it back to like the Viking age, you know, they right. were all hunter gatherers. Like, they, they, I guess, they were agriculturists too. But you know, and, I don't know in Norway and shit, they didn't exactly have the best farming ground. That's yeah. why when they came to Iowa, they're like, hell yeah, this is sick. But <laughs> 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 yeah, this, is, this is awesome. Yeah, no, you those cultures out of nothing. Those cultures definitely but, went agriculturalist. Yeah, they sure. did. They did. I, and, but the thought process of the societies and stuff being started with agriculturists is that because it freed up you know the the hunger i guess being Mm -hmm. like okay because hunter gatherer societies are known to be like okay they're they were very uh um uh wild because that was their only goal they were constantly hungry and they couldn't if they didn't kill anything or gather anything then they weren't eating that day so that was very very much of a, a primal mindset where that's all they're doing and they weren't building cities but when they started agriculture and actually growing things on purpose instead of going and finding it, they just had it, and that's what freed up minds to oh, yeah. create societies. That kind of what, what that, it's a, yeah, it's, that it's thought kind of like that time
1: preference, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, low time preference is like you're saving today in order to give yourself a better chance tomorrow. Yeah, right. and, and and delayed gratification. Yeah, is one of those things that you know was a a, a big cultural shift that absolutely helped the species uh, proliferate over time, you know, mm-hmm. of diversity of skills and everything else. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was one more thing to help humans crawl out of the muck and the mire and, and thrive on this, uh, you know, space
0: rock. Right. Well, and that's one of those things too, which is kind of interesting because even when you, with today's day and age where you find these random tribes on the middle of nowhere, it seems like every society ever in the history that's been recorded at least has always had some form of religion. And a lot of that stems from the fact that a lot of those shamans ended up turning into priests, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were,
2: they were an elevated class. Yeah. Unlike what we see with modern religions. Cause they held the answers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat>
1: yeah. If you guys read the immortality key,
2: no, by any chance.
1: Oh man. Absolutely. Uh, Brian Morasky is the guy I would listen to it. Uh, you know, if, if you're like me, uh, and don't have a ton of time, you know, real thick books, especially that are God knows how many different languages and everything. This Brian Moraski guy is like botanist, archaeologist, Indiana Jones, and, you know, has some, you know, key into the back of the Vatican. This guy is amazing. And he did all of this research throughout antiquity and has, you know, seen firsthand exactly what we're talking about in terms of psychedelics being used. Mm -hmm. He's not a psychedelic user, never has used it to kind of keep himself as, you know, an objective uh, type of uh, author and uh, went out and and proved for a fact that the Catholic Church made the Eucharist a placebo. And why would you do such a thing? Mm -hmm. You do it first and foremost so that you go, you know, these guys out here are coming to you to see God and anything that they can give to you in terms of a penance helps you Mm. uh, make some money. And then on top of it, to hide the, to hide the idea that you can commune through this, you know, what was called the forgotten, you know, uh, religion, kind of a mystics type of religion, right? So you have these trips, you have the psychedelic experience and you experience uh, a lot of times time and space differently. You experience different ideas of what God is and for a lot of people that have done this kind of stuff, you know, like once upon a time I was, you know, what I think most people would consider a Christian is how I was brought up. And now it's just like, I have such a better understanding of my own spirituality that I don't think any church could ever give me. And I kind of look at it and I'm like, the fact that we're not serving real psychedelics in churches, Mm -hmm. the the fact that like, we're not having, you know, real, no kidding, life altering, spiritual uh, trips and journeys when they're available to us. In, in terms of such a positive you know like we, we were talking about earlier it's just why are we why are we depriving ourselves of these kind of things
2: yep yeah that's a very interesting point too about the Catholic Church well, uh basically gatekeeping God they they, through they always their, through their bureaucracy yeah of they course. they always
0: they, mm-hmm. uh they didn't want the Bible translated into mm-hmm. every language either yeah they they, wanted, didn't, they, they also
2: didn't want it accessible to the common man no
0: the common man wasn't supposed to learn Latin or yeah. Hebrew or whatever the fuck, Latin, Hebrew, Greek. Yeah, it was to learn those languages. That's <laughs> what the priests were there for to tell you what's in the Bible. You know, the trust, the trust, trust. us. We yeah. know we <laughs> have the state. we have the book that you cannot read. And then when they wanted to uh, um, to translate it into every, every language known to man, like they didn't like that. Like, they didn't like that at the all. Then that means, oh, so you want the common man to have access to God? Like, then what are we here for? Yeah. You know, right? the
1: substitute again, right? Yep. The, the the miracle of 70, what, 72 monks or whatever the hell it was that all came out and translated that damn thing word for word exactly yeah. the same. You're
2: like, oh, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too spiritually, I guess, is that, um, I believe in God, a God, the idea of God and yeah. to live the way that God, I think wants me to live. And that doesn't exactly line up with the church. Or a doctrine necessarily. Yeah. It's just my own personal experiences, revelations I've personally had. Yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, I and mean, I still believe in God. I'm still, I still consider myself a Christian, and everything like that. And I try to go to church because it, it, because for one, it makes me feel good, and for two, I do think that, um, the, you know, I think Christianity really helped. Well, helps, I think it helps a lot of people deal with a lot of shit, and but also like when it comes to the idea of God. And knowing God, it's a spiritual journey as a person to find God and learn about Him and trust Him and everything else. But he, it's not something tangible. You can't touch God. You got to feel Him, and that's kind of what one thing that makes me even more interested in psycho in psychedelics because it's one of those things where it gets you more in touch with your spirituality, whatever that spirituality is. Like for me, being a, being a Christian, I feel like that's one of those things that could get me get my mind wrapped around it maybe even a little bit easier because mm. no one knows, you know, God is a, f- he, it's a, it's a feeling. It's just one of those, it's a, something that's inside of you. Yeah. And how can you really understand that if you're constantly, your brain's constantly locked. Right. Know?
2: And I think also the uh, authors of all these religions, like the authors of the Bible or, you know, that's just the one I have the most contact with. Right. Yeah, uh, I think their intention wasn't like, you know what we need to do? We need to start a community that, like, only we're going to let the people in that say the things that we say. I think their original intent was, these people need a connection with God. I'm going to write a connection here. Yeah. Read it. Enjoy it. Understand I, it. I felt this. I'm giving it to you. Yep. And, I mean, just the way that the Bible's written, too, you can – I mean, we've, we've had these conversations millions of times. Oh, yeah. And it's – Yeah. From I, the start, from Genesis, you know, that's not a literal – creation story <laughs> you know yeah, for right. the most part it is just a poetic version of the separation of the hebrews from the babylonians you know what i mean yep that's what it was a separation mm-hmm. of civilizations
1: there's there's also something really interesting um when you kind of juxtapose you know uh, religious text versus let's just say some naturalists right if you, if you if you read some naturalists out there john Murray is a good one Ah uh, hemingway was was great oh, hey, um, guys that, yeah, guys like that that knew themselves, like really knew themselves. I guarantee you there a lot of these guys were tripping balls mm-hmm. out in in nature, right and for for guys like us, I mean, I get it, you know, like I there was parts of you know organized religion that really did help, and I don't think that it was so much the word as it was the the fellowship, right? To, to sit yep. down with other people that are experiencing life from a different point of view and to whether you're the voice of reason that's helping somebody or you're the, 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 recipient of somebody's wisdom. And mm-hmm. e- either way, you know, it was that two way street that give and that take that fellowship that made it something really interesting with, with this uh, side of it is like, you don't, need anybody else to go do this and mm-hmm. do that at internal work and so that's that's a big piece that i think I, I and I wish more people had that you know that that bravery to go and face alone and have these talks with themselves and figure it out and just really I mean do some extremely hard internal work but that's mm-hmm. you, after you get it done and now you start to do it You know, with other with other dudes or you know a group of people, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. is is like now you start to get to that point where you're like, you know what, I don't care, like I don't care, I don't care if you're Christian, I don't care, you know, none of that stuff. I I don't care because here's the thing: is that loop now that fortress that you've gone in, you've cleaned out, you've taken out the corruption, and you've said, this is this is my code. This is this is what i love about the idea where regardless of religion when people just make the decision like this is the path this is the mission where it is pure and it's not corrupted and it's you know we don't hurt people and we don't take their stuff and you're just living by that because this just feels right in terms of like if i'm looking at that person over there and empathizing like that's a that's a total cultural shift from like hey man I got mine. Fuck you guys, right? right? Yeah,
2: no shit. Well, then that's also why Jesus was was and still is probably very controversial. Oh yeah, was it was you know, no, my man, we are not going to cut that dude's fucking hands off. We're going to shake him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and hopefully you know, yeah, Jesus
0: was a good dude. Yeah, I think. But yeah, it no, was the idea. A lot of yeah.
2: oh yeah, oh, yeah probably. Sure. Well, I mean, probably yeah, did. the idea of when he was... He probably
0: did so many, that's why he was the son of God. When he
2: disappeared in the desert and basically, essentially, beat the devil, I think that's the story. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. the idea is that he went to China and practiced Buddhism as well.
0: Oh. Either way, oh. you know, he's pretty fucking cool, dude, and he he did die for our sins. Yeah, did some miracles along the way. And he did some miracles people, along the way. Right? That's right. Yeah. But going back to what you were saying, Shane, about uh, religion, fellowship, and everything else, and that... Go, that is one thing me for me growing up Christian and everything else in the fellowship. Um, I didn't really hundred percent get that from church because I don't know church people, you know, at, church people can kind of suck. Oh yeah. Let's just be dude. blunt about it. They can kind of, they can kind of fucking <laughs> suck sometimes.
1: real. They can,
0: they can kind of suck. And, um, for a guy like me, uh, growing up, you know, listening to heavy metal and having gage ears and a red mohawk and shit as a, as a teen, as a young man, uh, they did. I wasn't exactly the poster boy of Christianity or living a godlike life. But I yeah. did in my actions, where I might look a certain way, but I was always very respectful of other people. But what, what I was trying, that's way off subject. <laughs> what I'm trying to get to is I didn't get that fellowship from church, per se, but I did get that fellowship in the hunting community. And I did get that fellowship... Mm-hmm. In military. the military, dude. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in the when we were in the military, it's like you were, were forced to. You're forced <laughs> to be compassionate and be understanding and be a team with people that you've never that you are from all different walks of life. Yeah, and a lot you of people, forced to.
2: And that's a very good point. And a lot of people do point to that. I will take it one step further. You'll make a connection with people that you deploy with. You what? You'll make a, sure. a bigger connection with people that you deploy oh, with. It's yeah, like yep. For the first time in my life. In Afghanistan, that was the time when I was like, my life is second right now. You know what yep. I mean? And I'm not trying to sound like some heroic douchebag chode or some shit, but like, you know, like, honestly, dude, like I care about these dudes more than I do about myself right, right now. Right. Yeah. Before I, well, I they're when, your forced multiplier.
1: What was that they're, they're your force multiplier. You keep yep. those guys
0: safe and they're going to keep you safe. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Keep we, them safe and keep them happy. But right? the thing is, we all had that mentality. Yeah. Like, everyone yeah. in my team did. Yep. I know everyone in your team did. I'm sure. I, I'm sure everyone in your team, Shane, had that same exact mentality. Yeah, got, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we got rid of. No. Yeah, well, there, there's no. there's a bad egg in every fucking batch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely but, at the platoon level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those things where yeah. you know we knew if I did my utmost, I trained because I wanted to help keep my you know brothers in my left and right alive. Just as much – and they trained hard because – and they knew – and we all knew too that, you know, if we're yelling at each other, be like, hey, fucking crank out one more push-up, crank out one more step, crank out – like, run a minute faster on your run, do these things, and you're going to be a better person for it, and you're going to be a force multiplier when we're in the battlefield. And, it's, you know, we always push ourselves. We might call, our, call ourselves fucking pussies and all this other stuff and be mean to each other from people from the outside looking in, but it's all – because we're trying to make each other better, and yeah. like we, I, I don't know. With me, I got that fellowship and that camaraderie in the military, and that carried that carried through all the way through my military life. And when I got out, I knew I wanted to get into hunting because I knew I felt that same type of camaraderie. It's not the exact same, obviously, but that same type of camar- camaraderie in the hunting community, and when I got out and I started seeing that and it's very true. Like when you get out there and you're out there on a mountain and you're hunting elk or deer or whatever you're trying to do and you're out there with your buddies and you're all on the, have a single goal to do this thing. I don't know. It's just a different feeling and you get a, a whole different sense of accomplishment once it's done too.
1: Well, and, and uh, let's, let's add another element to this, right? Uh, there's a lot of these different religions uh, I think Taoism, Buddhism, uh, kind of cover this kind of stuff, but the uh, there's a lot of religion that does not. And there's this certain vibration in, that you can help yourself out with uh, through suffering and nature together. And I mean that because mm-hmm. when you get down in the dirt and you're in contact, like you're literally grounded, and there's this, this, this idea uh, that has now been scientifically proven, this guy – uh, was talking about like grounding his bed, and he had this you know idea, and so he set out, and uh, there was a, a I guess this Arizona University professor that was like, not only do I not believe in your thesis, but I'm going to actively help you prove it wrong. And they went out and they studied like 65 people. They grounded them while they slept, and not only did they sleep better. Uh, their anti their their inflammation went, you know, uh, down by factors and, mm-hmm. and they started to lead, uh you know, get better rest, get, be better, uh, you know, adjusted, had better days and, you know, ideas and everything like the 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 idea that you can go out into nature, get grounded into the Earth's energy together and suffer a little bit. That's something that I mean. I don't know. I the, the miracles of this world and the workings that I'm trying in in kind of discovering how to unlock a little bit. This is something that I think needs, you know, needs to be very prevalent in our culture. Go go suffer a little bit with you. Yep. Go suffer with some dudes that are going to help you not suffer as much as you have to suffer. But at the same time, call you on your you know your drama mm-hmm. bullshit at the same time in, 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 in the nicest way possible, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, let's let's go do this kind of thing, and um, you know, and and you'll you'll see. The, oh man, I'll tell you. So you, you'll see uh, the the inner personalities come out at that point, right? And so like I've got my like, my brother's been out here. He's you know he's now in the tribe. I've got um, you know my shaman. I've got my hunter. I uh, you know just had a, another guy in from Iowa doing this kind of stuff. And so to see this tribe emerging and to see what the different passions and callings and like teachings that you guys can all have upon each other—that is an absolutely amazing piece that mm-hmm. uh, that I don't
0: think gets talked about enough. No, it doesn't. And going back to like the suffering part too, um, it's one of those things where. Uh, when, when you suffer and you put yourself, you put yourself and your body through really hard, like hardship, like you go to the gym, like say it's as simple as just waking up early, going to the gym, cranking out a really hard workout. Then maybe you go to work all day and you come home and fucking eight thirty 30 rolls around. You're like, I'm ready for fucking bed, dude. And then you go to bed and you have great sleep because you're, yeah. you're hurting your, your body is telling you like, I need time to heal. I need to sleep so we can rest so I can. And if you're a man, especially it's like when you're sleeping and you get proper rest, your testosterone levels rise, you get, you become a different type of yourself and you just feel better. But if you're not putting your body through stress, like physical stress and not really hurting and not really doing these hard things that you're supposed to be doing, especially as a man, then you don't sleep very well because you're not working hard enough and you're so your testosterone levels lower and you're just becoming, I don't know, to be quite frank, more of a bitch. It's just the <laughs> way it is. And it all stems from the fact that you're probably not getting enough sleep because you're probably not doing anything hard because you're living a soft, cushy life, which, you know, in America, especially, it's really easy to fall into living a nice, easy, cushy life. Hey, you can outsource your discomfort. Yeah. And, and to your point, too, with psychedelics, the other
1: side of this that a lot of people don't talk about is the regenerative properties of neuroplasticity which absolutely leads not only to uh, you know your 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 neural plasticity in your brain but also in parts of your spine. So if you got a fucked up back like this guy, like I had two surgeries this year on my back. Jesus. And went, yeah, and I got hospitalized after the first one with an infection so I was you know in the hospital for, for a few weeks. Damn. And when that happened you know, to try to, to, to be back where I was later this year with all the work that got put into it, you know, lots and lots of, of this kind of stuff where I don't know, over the past three weeks where I got to take my boys out and actually sleep on in the dirt on the mountain, like just in a sleeping bag. I didn't think I was going to make it guys. Like I really was like, (laughs) we built that damn fire that night. And I was thinking, Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to tap out like a bitch in front of like, I was like, all the bad things were in my mind so instead of quitting you grit it out you stay out there you take one for the boys and you show them you know like what it's like to go out and live you know just have a taste of what your ancestors went through and thrived in yeah and every day i got to tell you oh. yeah what's happened in the in this course of events is the healing that's transpired in my in my back, in my mind, all these things, I, it's miraculous, uh, 100% miraculous. I got up that next morning after sleeping on that hard-ass mountain that was harder than the knots in my hips and my back and everything <laughs> else. And I literally felt better. Oh, and yeah. I don't know if it was because I was grounded. I don't know if it was, you know, uh, psychedelic. I, I have no idea. I have no idea exactly what the science is behind all of it. But I can tell you right now when this... <clears throat> When this all happens, this is absolutely proven through John Hopkins as well is that neuroplasticity um, and from psychedelics is something that not only heals your mind and your nervous system, uh, but it, like I said earlier, you know, starts to do a lot of soul work as well. Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Definitely, dude. Yeah, we both have uh, fucked up backs as well. Yeah,
0: I actually just fucked my back up when we were at the gym <clears throat> Yeah, yesterday.
2: And the funny thing is, uh, since we've... <clears throat> So I've always listened to the advice of I've always appealed to authority. I guess with you know, my back has been messed up since I got back from Afghanistan and gone to doctors and trying to figure it out and stuff like that. Trying to do what I thought was going to the experts. You're right, <clears throat> and they always said stay away from heavy weights, mm-hmm. uh, do light reps. You know, uh, a lot of reps, lightweight. You know, low intensity, high vo- the, high volume. The standard physical therapy. And shit. Yeah, that's always. F- my back has just never felt worse doing that kind of shit. Since I, start, <laughs> since I started doing heavy weight training, number one, I gained a lot of weight that I needed to gain. Yeah. I mean, in the past mm. 10 months, I've gained uh, 20 pounds. And I'm not – Wow. I'm not like You're fat. No. And, and I've also added um, 130 pounds to my back squat. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like something related to strength – And those compound lifts that just makes your skeletal system so much better. I don't know what the fuck it is. Well, it's because I mean, it's you're you're strong. You're if you can be strong, then you can, I guess, live strong, right? Yep. It's making your bones stronger
0: too. Obviously, when you're doing that, when you're putting that much stress on your body and getting stronger and putting on more weight and putting more weight on the bar, it's making your your not only your muscles stronger, but it's making your whole skeletal structure stronger. And as men, especially, it's like. That's how we're built. I don't care if you're five foot fucking three or you know, six foot nine. It's like you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be doing hard things. You're supposed to be lifting heavy weights and doing more when it comes to physical activity than females. It's just that's how nature works. That's yeah. how it is. Um when you're not doing that stuff, you feel lost. You're like, oh my everything hurts, everything sucks, life sucks. Oh man, I don't know what's going on, but I just, I'm pissed off all the time and yada, yada, yada. It's like, cause you're not doing what you're supposed to fucking be doing, dude. You mm-hmm. know?
2: And it could have been a hormonal imbalance as well. That could have had a contributing factor to that. Yeah. Well, and that's and I, what, well, that's what leads more.
0: to hormonal imbalances too. Is when you're not doing hard when you're not doing hard things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, yeah.
2: uh doing full body workouts four times a week has definitely increased my hormonal output. I guess if that's a real term.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's really really true, but uh, I was told once by a dude that all your testosterone lies in your thighs. Mm-hmm. I don't
2: it know if it's true sense. or not,
0: but it for sure. Is in your That's central where, nervous system, which well, that is when you're doing you're like back squats and deadlifts and shit, you're working your entire body. So it's like, you're just like, yeah, getting pumped full of fucking testosterone ready to go, dude.
2: That is where it's produced. I'm yeah, pretty well, sure. There
0: it is. You are the science.
2: <clears throat> Appeal
0: to There's me. skinny jeans around here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can wear skinny jeans if, as long as you don't have skinny legs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> skinny jeans. It's all in the eye. If you get so big, then every jean is going to be skinny on you, right? So. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, yeah, you, you do enough squats, and every damn jeans is a skinny pair of jeans. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm wearing boot cup pants, and I tell you what, my thighs are bulging. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe you should spend time filling out the pants you have instead of buying new ones. I'm quoting it. Yeah, okay. yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm copywriting it. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that.
0: <laughs> well, you sh- what are you saying? Do you like, work out? still and you look from here you look pretty good still still yeah man i
1: i've I've had i've had to modify uh some things you know in in terms of you know really dead heavy uh types of squats and cleans and all that kind of stuff man i wish i could uh there's there's not much uh the the doctor's like yeah you know after two back surgeries and being on antibiotics for six months we're gonna we're gonna take it easy i mean they took out you know a good part of uh two layers of disc in my back yeah and um yeah so you know it's you, you got to be smart and it, yeah. you know as you age you will get smart but i'll tell you now with the mountains out here um i do hike and i will tell you right now me and my brother were out uh during uh his experience and we got to the top of this one hill you know we're coming out of this ravine which is just probably the one of the most magical places you could come out of and the sun's coming up and he's like, man, you look like the wandering wizard of Waleska out here, <laughs> yeah. and uh, got to the top. And he, he he's a a little bit heavier than I am, um, and he's, you know, he's, like, God, It's so a that's a, you know, that's a fucking ballbuster hill, you know, just Billy Goat stuff. Yep. And he gets to the top of him, he's like, oh, God, I gotta I gotta work out more. And I looked at him, I said, Hey, man, let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you something about like marching up hills on Camp Pendleton with, you know, a hundred pounds on my back or running up hills on Camp Pendleton with nothing on my back. Same then as it is now right here on this hill. I have never got to the top of the hill and went, man, that was fucking easy. Right? Like, <laughs> never, never. Yeah. And and so, you know, this respect <laughs> of like getting old and everything else, it's just like, fuck this, man. Like, Go out and be and move, be physical, yep. push yourself, find a limit, and push a little bit more. And, and like, you know, be sm- you got to be smarter as you get old. So, for me, it's not that I don't, you know, get to be extremely intense with, you know, like thigh, leg, calf, stabilizer muscles, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like, go out and hike, you know, in rocky situations in the mountains out here, climb hills, go down hills, you name it. I'm telling you right now, your thighs. Are they're they're gonna be smoked? Your calves are gonna be smoked. Your and your your system, your core stabilizer muscles, they're gonna be smoked. And you're gonna sleep really well. But yeah, man, I the the whole deadlifting and and cleans and stuff that I used to do as a young man, no, oh, God, no, yeah, no, no more of
0: that. I guess. Well, I you, you did. I mean. We we were talking our shit, but uh, yeah, obviously, be smart. Do <laughs> yeah, do, do do if you have back everything. surgeries, be careful. Yeah, do everything you can within obviously your the parameters of your physical capabilities. Don't go out there and put you know a <laughs> thousand pounds on a bar. And be, I'm lifting this motherfucker, or else I'm not a man. That's yeah. not what we're saying. <laughs> just find something, find something challenging to do. And yeah. obviously, Shane, yes, you have awesome hills and mountains where you're at. We live in. North yes. Central Iowa. <laughs> Everything's
1: the far, downhill. The farthest thing we have to
0: climb in this motherfucker is upstairs to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Greatest <laughs> elevation about.
1: change in the entire state. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We don't have Georgian mountains like you do. Yeah, all right. So yeah. we. I probably you know honestly if I lived in when I was living in Colorado I did do a fair bit of hiking for. Certain things, you know, obviously stay in shape was one of them. But um, it's not. It's just now that I'm now that I'm so balls deep in hunting. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Just hiking to hike is kind of like, uh, but if I, I should, I don't know. I went to Kentucky not too long ago with my wife and daughter. Yeah, we did a fair bit of hiking there. But it's the same thing. Like even though I didn't plan on hunting that area, it's like I was looking for things. And is I don't know, it was different, but it's still a lot. It's, it, 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 is it. Fun. It's, it is fun. It is fun.
1: If you're doing stock hunts, especially like bow hunting, oh yeah, you know Kentucky, Georgia, Appalachians, it's it's some of the I, I don't know hardest but most forgiving if if that's a you know um, like in, in the Rockies, there's no forgiveness out there. No, like, you not. get up there and you're in you're in the wrong spot, at the wrong time, like. You're you're not going to be forgiven. No. In the Appalachians, a lot of times you do have some forgiveness, and and but at the same time, it's extremely challenging. So if you want to go out and do stock hunts with bows, even rifles out here in the right place in the right time, you can have the adventure of your life. And really, mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, like the, you cover seven to ten miles in the Appalachians. <laughs> you're going to be absolutely <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. And you're probably going to have some good stories out of it and everything else, but oh, yeah. you know that's that's a beautiful thing out here is you start to see, you know, down to the the minutia of like what's going on, you start to pick up game trails. You start to see, you know, where the the, the I guess the last watering holes are for the wildlife, where there's consistently water and springs um, you know, to, to understand where their food sources are, what time of year, like they're, they're bulking up, trying to put on that fat where those trees are. Like if you got sawtooth pines for early in the fall or now, you know, where they've had, you know, the, the raining of acorns out here from the Oak trees where, you know, you start to pattern these things and understand exactly like where they're at in their, their cycles. Mm -hmm. And man. To be able to move in and out and understand what that land is, and then to be part of a, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that culture that used to come out and do that, to resurrect those guys um, and, you know, kind of pay homage and tribute in, in that area where you're at. It's, it's something that it's indescribable. And honestly, you know, my invitation to you guys, you guys want to come down? Come down like we'll go do a thing and I'll introduce you to, you know, this whole thing. And like, no, no, no I mean, seriously open mm-hmm. invitation. I think we have awesome. hunting season through, um, the mid of January. And like right now, I think this weekend we're going to have like, I don't know, barely 40 something degrees in the, uh, during the day and then 20 at night. So to go out, do a thing in the morning and then get your shit together after the experience and then go for a hunt later oh yeah like in that area as those guys used to do wow man i, I gotta tell you like i'm excited about this kind of stuff <laughs> this, this yeah, time of cool. year like this is the time where the hunters are out like the real hunters are out doing you know some really good stuff you know oh, yeah. you know if you know how to hunt as a team oh man that's that's no oh. shit
0: Shane, you there? Yeah, still here? Oh, yeah, fuck! Yeah, I, I got I lost it for a second. Glitch out for a second there. I'm like, oh shit, fuck! He's going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, dude. Honestly, Georgia is has a is really cool because um because awesome. because you I mean you do go out and you're you're a hunter too. You go out and you hunt, right? I mean, I saw. Yeah, you shot a nice buck. What was that two years ago?
1: It was, it was last year. Yeah, last had, year. Uh, okay. Yeah, the first buck I had actually taken off this property, minus the cow horns, um, and you know, like doing management and all that kind of stuff. We got rid of a lot of cow horns. Uh, we had just this ridiculous overpopulation because uh, the local uh, villagers out here they uh, they don't hunt and they're kind of no kill kind of people. And you know, oh really? Okay, great. More more for the rest of us, but nice. to to make that population a stronger population to ensure. You know that going forward, that the deer is as healthy as possible. We've we've done quite a bit of culling of the cow mm-hmm. horns and taking out the older females and, and 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 possibly some of the the more aggressive females. So you oh, know, yeah, the, the herd population out here is just you know one of the things that I love. Not to mention, you know, we've got bobcat, we've got fox, we've got coyote, and for North Georgia, we have some six hundred pound black bear that are oh, absolutely. Really? Oh man, we got black bear all over the place. You guys got a season for that? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, oh no right shit. It, uh, yeah, so archery opens out here about mid-September and doesn't close down till mid-January, and you can oh, go out. Oh shit. I think, yeah, I think it's one bear uh, every season, and I think we have somewhere around eleven does and two bucks. You know, with some parameters around the bucks, like only mm-hmm. one can be a 6 pointer or under, um, whereas you can only have you know one over that as well so
0: oh okay oh that's awesome yeah dude i would love to go down to georgia and do some hunting you guys have a lot of pigs and shit too right or maybe not where you're at because you're in the so, mountains south georgia does south yeah georgia you does. know what's funny is i would
1: really kill to have a couple of feral hogs out here just for you know some free bacon oh the right gone through mm, the yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'll tell you what um, bear, um, you know, one of my good buddies, uh, you know, he got a bear and if you've never had bear, um, I highly recommend it. I, I <laughs> highly recommend you cook the shit out of it in oh, um, yeah. the right way and all that stuff. But don't want trichinosis. You know, no, 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 you go out fucking... and eat bear by a fire while you're hunting with the boys and all that kind of stuff out here. Um, there's very few people in the world that are doing that and Bro, it's, uh, it's, it's, sick. it's pretty amazing. And just curl yeah. up
0: it, curl up in his hide that night too, become yeah. one. Yeah, you could. Fucking, let's go, yeah. dude. The, <laughs> no, I, the, the terrible thing is, is the bear
1: season though. Uh, it kind of disappears like right now, uh, mid-November. Those guys are going into what they call turtle and no. uh, turtle mm-hmm. is is like hibernation, right? But okay. because it doesn't get that cold down here those guys man the the big black man in the forest he disappears uh probably until (laughs) about april
0: may and Uh yeah and you don't see those guys for a long time okay yeah so they don't yeah it doesn't really get that cold so they don't really actually like hibernate like they do in north like northern bears like in canada and all that shit like they what they just do they just seclude themselves into small little areas and just move around just those little cool yeah. areas or yeah luckily um i haven't
1: found a den yet <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, really trying to avoid uh that that misstep uh so yeah. yeah there but i'll tell you you know um it's probably just a matter of time um you know before Still that happens because him. when i when, when i say like it there's there's Bear out here, we'll have three or four on the property at any given time, just, you know, right here in the general vicinity at the same feeder sometime. Hmm. And, you know, you see a big boar come in and that guy, man, I'll tell you right now, he starts to chase off those other guys and they start running down a hill that's got some saplings on it. And you begin to hear. The size of the saplings that are snapping that they're running over, and it just sounds like all hell is breaking loose. Mm, And literally, they'll be down in the bottom, you know, maybe they'll climb a tree or something, and then they're fighting on trees, and you're hearing branches and shit just come undone. It's fucking nuts. (laughs) That's fucking nuts, nuts, dude. (laughs) Be in their presence and to watch this kind of stuff from your deck with the kids and. You know, to have them have a really good understanding of, like, what's right outside. Like, you're in, you know, that this place that is nature, man. Like, it'll take your life real quick versus, Mm -hmm. you know, people in the city, they'll take your life real quick. So, understand this world, it's trying to fucking kill you. But this place out here, if you've got the right skills, like, it's a much more forgiving place than, you know, that crazy place with human beings in there. Uh, that are, you know, really neurotic and want to stick you with all sorts of stupid vaccines and bullshit.
0: Now we oh, come full circle. That's the thing too. It's like when you're out in the, yeah, when you're out in the wilderness, you know, you got, especially out where you're at or if you're out West somewhere, it's like, yeah, you got bears and lion, mountain lions and all that shit that, are, that would kill you if it, if given the chance or the mountain that's trying to kill you and stuff like that. But, um, if you go in there with a certain respect and certain knowledge base, then you're gonna be safe. But yeah, fucking when it comes to cities though, dude, it's like you'd be walking down the street and it's like you don't know what's gonna happen. Bam. I don't know, man. Yeah. I hate the though. cities. I hate the cities so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so so how many
1: acres do you live on? So we only have a few acres out here. The um but we're the only people out here. Look, no, there's really? two thousand plus acres of nothing that's untouched awesome. forest out here um and so you know you want to wander around uh, and you know the the thing is is the access out here is limited by other uh types of you know gates and forestry and all that other kind of stuff so mm-hmm. to be out here you have to be pretty intentional to be where we're at and we're the last people like there's there's nobody
0: after us Dude, like that's they're funny. back there that's cool. So are you, str- back, are you surrounded str- by like, is it like public land? Like forest, like no US forest service nope. type shit or what? We're
1: completely private. It's all private. Uh, I know the guys that own it. And when I run across a piece of property that I don't know, Onyx is on top of it. And I'm like, all, all right, right, Hey, I mean, you know, I'm this guy. Listen, I'm not going on your property to hunt or something like that. I might be going to retrieve a, a deer or, or whatever it is just to, you know, keep up relations and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, the thing is, sure. is, Most people are, you know, most people have a lot of this type of land uh, bought as some sort of investment or some sort of like future thing. The the beautiful thing about this part of the Appalachians is that it doesn't really support uh, civilization, Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. building on it. Not going to be able to do it just because, you know, there's, there's no there's no place for most people to have sewage. There's no you know, you can do well. Which is what we're on out here, but uh, even getting a lot of times, just getting Maine's power out to them, damn near, you know, impossible in some yep. in some places. So uh, the, the terrain makes it extremely uh, difficult for overpopulation, let's say the least. E- even mm-hmm. any civilization, that's, most people should
0: not be. That's perfect. That's <clears throat> like the perfect place to yep. live, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Out here. Out here, the only thing that's saving us, like in the country, because I I live just outside of town, and Grand Town is what, 3,500 people? Not even? Not even. Not even. We'll say 3,000 people is our town that we live in, but the only thing stopping um, us from really expanding and becoming, having more people here is the fact that, for one, farmland is fucking expensive, and for two, there's just not a whole shit ton of people that are like, you know where I want to live? iowa you yeah. know i want to live I want to live, in, iowa. I want to live in north central iowa so bad dude <laughs> yeah. you know like <laughs> no,
2: yeah, it's not exactly a metropolitan hub
0: no it's not a big tourist attraction <laughs> <laughs> we were in we were in kentucky and uh we were talking to some uh some of my wife's friends and family and stuff and they're like oh we'd love to come visit you in iowa like and everything like, oh yeah it'd be awesome you can come to our house it'd be great like so like, what is there to do around there and both my wife and i were both like
2: fuck. None.
0: I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Let me go back home and figure out what we do cuz I can't really tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, hang out and bullshit. We so. hang out and bullshit and talk and drink beer and like it's it's it's, it's a cool place it's if you like enjoy movie. yeah, if you enjoy the community, if you enjoy the small town community type atmosphere, it's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to raise your kids and all that good stuff. But uh yeah, there ain't much to do unless you like deer hunting that's pretty much about it
2: yeah pretty much it
0: that's it
2: that's a pretty good
1: pastime
0: yeah keep you busy all year long what the hell you're doing yeah, it keeps me busy that's why that's why i love it here because i'm like hey I, I can go run around and check other places out go scout a new piece go scout this other piece like you can r- travel around and do all sorts of fun stuff and we do have really big deer here so that's pretty nice not necessarily oh, where, yeah you guys yeah. Are spoiled yeah i got mountain <laughs> goats compared to you guys man that's yeah. the biggest <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you, you, there's, there's not a lot of trophy hunting out here yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong like for the area there's some pretty good bucks now but like at the same time you put uh you put a good north georgia mountain deer up against one of those corn fed yeah. iowa bucks <laughs> <laughs> not even the same like kevin hart and shaquille o'neal like what, <laughs> with, with, with.
0: <laughs> yeah no it really is i would love to go hunt in Georgia someday, because it would be just so, such a different atmosphere. But, yeah, it's like when it comes to big deer and big body deer and, you know, it's just, I don't know. Iowa's really yeah. hard to beat. Iowa, Illinois, anywhere in the Midwest. It's almost like the deer Wisconsin. here. Wisconsin, yeah. It's almost like the deer here have to get big in order to survive because it's fucking cold. Yeah. You know, so it gets fucking cold and oh. the deer have to get big in order to survive. They have to put fat on and they have to put a substantial amount of fat on every year. Otherwise, they will not make it. Yeah. And yeah, you guys should get in the truck and then come hunt then. That's that's my recommendation. Yeah. I'll, come on, dude. Down. I'd love Let's to go, go to George. Yeah, don't fucking twist my arm. We'll be down there. <laughs> I'll be I'm going to twist him next right <laughs> I got so
1: much for you guys down here. Let's go.
0: Yeah. in need better a, name. Right?
1: I need better neighbors. That's what I need. I need guys like you guys. come down here to Waleska, Georgia and help me populate this area with freedom, loving individuals that are absolute Mm -hmm. savages. and Just, you know, (laughs) on a, on a new mission in life. That's what I need. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep twisting arms. Anybody in your audience that hears this, that's you. Let's go. Let's go. Waleska, Georgia.
0: Get on it. I, I will say this when we're talking about like. Uh, politics a little bit too, um, and freedom and all that stuff. But Iowa, we just—I um, went and voted during the midterms, and we just passed on the ballot on the back of the ballot. There was this—it's called Iowa Amendment One—and mm-hmm. we just put in to we just put in the in our state constitution, a uh, Second Amendment amendment in our own state constitution, saying that any basically any gun, uh, any new gun bill, any restrictive gun bill has to survive strict scrutiny in order to be passed. So that's kind of cool. Like we, as a state, we finally, we finally recognized as a state, we separate ourselves away from like California and all them places that didn't have any state protections on the second amendment. We put in our state constitution that, you know, we recognize the right, the right to bear arms and as a human right and, if there's any bill that it comes across, that it, need, it needs to survive strict scrutiny. So that's kind of cool that Iowa as a state is definitely changing. We're definitely not – we're not necessarily a swing state anymore. We're definitely starting to separate from the pact, which is kind of neat. Yeah,
2: I agree. Yeah, I was pretty pumped I, when I, I saw the up, up post. Uh,
0: gotta keep up with christy gnome up there
1: man like i mean in, right. in terms of like not shutting down states and everything else like she's she said eh, she's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but you know at, at the same time you're like yeah you know what she didn't shut down she yep. she was the one out of 50 that said no nah, guys nope. get fucked No, nah, Fuck we're, we're gonna we're gonna touch our people <laughs> yeah and the cool thing is we're
0: we're, we're neighbors state-wise and uh i f- have a, i feel like um kim reynolds and christy gnome they're kind of like you know hey we're chicks and we're going to we're going to back each other kind of thing. And that's kind of neat. But uh I was honestly a pretty fucking when it comes to politics and laws and stuff like I was pretty awesome minus the fact that we the drug. we hate drugs. Yeah, we hate them. The we hate the Mar- Mar- we hate the devil's lettuce and we hate them fucking <laughs> mushrooms. A whole hell of a lot here. So that's, uh, that's Jordan sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yep.
2: In Kim Reynolds defense, I think if popular opinion changed, I think if there were like polls done or something where people, eventually the popular opinion on THC and psychedelics and shit changed with the popular opinion, then I think that she'd probably sway on it. Cause I think that's the big thing holding, holding it back. She is playing the political game where it's, you know, Oh, of course. it's kind of I think the last poll that was done it was like 47 percent of people polled in Iowa disapproved of recreational marijuana use
0: yeah and I definitely think if that were to change she would definitely change her her politics on it and it's just
2: time dude Iowa is it's a small state it's a flyover state and for the most part has been about a decade or so behind everywhere else everywhere else in terms of things like that like, yeah and people it, are just slow here that's it there's
0: there's they're a little slower. But also... Um,
2: For the most part, they people, just really don't give a fuck. I mean, that's the yeah. majority of people. We've
0: got an old, old population. Like, a lot of people here are old as fuck. And they're yeah. old farmers, and they might be retired now, and they're just like, you know what? I think that's bad. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I was told that's not good, they get and, and thing, I, I just know it's not good.
2: They get a the thing in the mail, and they're like, fuck no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Marijuana, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Oh, that's I can't have... Marijuana needles littering our streets.
2: Once I knew a guy on (laughs) marijuana and he was a bad guy. Fornicating with
1: jazz musicians and and Negroes.
0: It's like God Almighty. We can't have that. Come on, guys. Not here. Not my state.
2: (laughs) What's next? Gay marriage. Not black people in (laughs) Iowa anyway, right? Uh, Uh, No, No, not really. (laughs) 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 Not Mitchell County. It's like 99%. Yeah, Blight, just, it. it is I'm totally joking. no,
0: but in yeah, joke, but all jokes come with a certain sense of truth. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, the number one condiment in Iowa isn't ranch uh, because of black people. I will tell you that right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. no,
2: that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, black people are very anti-ranch. Yeah, are they? <laughs> for the most part, I or...
1: don't know about that.
2: <laughs> but, I don't know, man. what i see. maybe I don't know. Uncultured, I guess. Well,
0: yeah, I, totally I haven't heard very, a whole yeah. lot of proponents for it, either, from the <laughs> black community. For some yeah, reason, we some do love good. ranch here. <laughs> yeah, ranch we do love too. it. We put rolls, it on yeah, everything. The yeah. rolls, dude. It does a rule. It is it
1: is the best condiment. Yeah, when you've got your homemade ranch recipe that you know by heart,
0: yeah, man, that's a, that's a good place to live. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> when you seek go certain restaurants based on their ranch selection. Yeah, ranch quality. Then, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: What kind of man is she? Use no fuck that. I'm out.
0: <laughs> right, like that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I I did want to ask um real quick, Shane. Uh, we're get we're been going. Oh man, we're almost on two hours here. I yeah, want to keep you. Soon. I want to keep you forever. But uh, what is so like, being in Georgia? Uh, mm-hmm. you guys have a pretty long like rifle season when it comes to hunting.
1: Yeah. Um, rifle, ex- uh, is, is about, uh, mid October through the end of December. Uh, Jeez, so yeah, as long as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's long. I mean, yeah. and compared to most states it is, but that's the thing too, is like, we've got a ton of deer. I mean, yep. there, there's so much suburban sprawl now, especially in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, that some of the best hunting is actually in the city, right? Oh in, yeah. The, the Chattahoochee that runs through there, the Etowah, the Coosa, uh, you've got all these, you know, amazing rivers that run through uh, places like Atlanta, through mm-hmm. you know some of the suburbs and all that kind of stuff. Some of these ghost bucks that live down in you know the hoods down there, um, it's it's not a place where you can actually rifle hunt. So yeah. you know, if you want to go into these areas and hunt giant, and I mean literally, you know, we're talking Boone and Crockett. 200 plus type bucks in Georgia. And it's dude. like it exists.
0: And yeah. There's there's a hunting YouTube channel. Uh, they're called Seek One and mm-hmm. they hunt urban bucks and they are yeah. fucking huge dude. Insane. They're amazing. They're ridiculous. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if, you like, if you like hunting where you can hear lawnmowers and leaf blowers and kids playing like yeah. no fucking peace and
0: quiet. Okay. I Go guess. there.
1: If you're after, if you're after those monsters and that's what
0: you're gonna do, okay. I guess. Yeah, me but, personally, uh, yeah. I'd rather not, go. Not, I'd rather uh, go to North Georgia in the mountains and have peace and quiet while I hunt, even if it means tagging a small deer. I'll do it. That would yeah. be a lot more fun for Free, me. Freezer meat. Oh yeah, that's all I need. Just right. freezer meat. But yeah. what what's, yeah, it's, uh, what's it's uh, what's your uh, what's because do you because you, you go rifle hunt mostly, right? No? I'm a bow hunter. You're a bow hunter? Uh, yeah, my yeah. guy. That's all right. Yep. Cool.
1: Yeah, uh, I picked up, uh, bow hunting from a good friend in, uh, 2015. I was, really wasn't even a hunter before that because it was just like, yeah, you know what? I've shot things with rifles before. It's not real difficult. <laughs> um, and, and, and like it, it wasn't something that I really grew up with, uh, in terms of like my dad wasn't, um, you know, a hunter, like never, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it took, it took me and my brother hunting one time that was enough for him yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like <laughs> we 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 didn't grow up as hunters and um then you know i got in t- you know to firearms and all that other kind of stuff and i was just like you know what like i could deer are not going to be a thing it mm-hmm. just it seems easy and like a lot of fucking work honestly it is then a lot i found of um A guy that introduced me uh, to hunting, he had, you know, he's got 350 acres down in South Georgia. He's got, you know, food plots that go on for days and days and just the guys beat life, right? So Mm -hmm. he introduced me to the actual work that goes into hunting and I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, there's so much to learn in terms of, you know, the, being a conservationist, being Somebody that understands population and population control for the deer and making it stronger and like the, all the food and the nutrients and different vegetation, that, that, whether it's natural or planted, and times a year and just just all this beautiful stuff that you know came with a lot of just grueling work and you know, like that's part of it, like why I fell in love with it. And then I found you know through my my good buddy his bow hunting because I would go out and sit with a rifle. I never shot anything with a rifle and i was just like yeah i'll just go sit i like sitting it's nice yeah. it's peaceful there's nothing I <laughs> like it's cool um but yeah i f- picked up that bow in about 2015 and was hooked like different level you've got to be a little bit more of a masterful hunter to uh obviously take something with a bow because you're you know obviously time and space and all that kind of stuff and yeah once you get that down um that's when hunting becomes a hell of a lot of fun, right? It's, uh, it, it's, it's <clears throat> something where when
0: you, when you get something with a bow, you know, you've done it right. And yep.
1: yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah.
0: Bow hunting, bow hunting is, I, I love gun hunting. I just love hunting no matter what it is. But, uh, in, what I've always says, bow hunting is very rewarding in a different way than gun hunting is, but gun hunting is just fucking fun. Like it's just, it's just it's just fun. At least where we grew up, it's more, much more of the deer camp camaraderie type deal and stuff. But bow hunting is much more of a seclusive, uh, seclusion type deal. Like you're out there by yourself. You're not going out there with a couple dudes to go bow hunt necessarily a whole lot of times. But I am looking forward to getting in some gun hunting, like rifle hunting out west someday. That'd be fucking fun. I I, and I will different.
1: say, you know. We were talking about this gun hunting versus bow hunting, and fuck you, bow hunters, and fuck you, bow you know, yeah, hunters, right. and all that kind of stuff. Right? Like, it's it's the right tool for the right job. Like, it, it, in a close, you know, wooded uh, mountain-type environment and forest, right? Like, where you, you're not even going to take a rifle shot probably more than 25 yards without, you know, a twig or a branch or something getting in the way anyway, right? Yep. So what's the real point of a, of a high powered rifle here? And then there's no, like you can do the same damage with a, a, a good bow. But Absolutely. when you go out West and you've got a lot more open space and less yeah. defilade and less cover and concealment and all that, <laughs> man, a, a good, a good high powered optic uh, on a, you know, a seven, six, two or three Oh eight. Or, you know, if some of you guys are using six fives or whatever you're using these days, like, Man, that is, that's a necessity in a lot of cases. Yeah. I mean, really, it is the difference between filling the freezer and going <laughs> out and wasting your time with mental masturbation. Like, you know, <laughs> you know like, oh, I'm going to get a, no, no, you're, 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 your likelihood of scoring a deer with a, with a bow out there is
0: extremely you know, low compared to what it is here a lot a lot of people do it but it's just you gotta you, you gotta spend the time out there and you're gonna have a whole lot of heartache when you're doing it too but it's definitely one of those things where you know you get out there in the open spaces and stuff and you're talking cross and shots and everything else it's like you're, you're definitely gonna when you have a gun it's just when you see them yeah it's just it's a lot harder to get really close to them when you have a gun in your hand, it's like, okay, you feel just a lot more confident you're actually gonna come home with something. But <laughs> I've never done it. Well, I, I went to New Mexico and hunted pronghorn with a rifle and that was a lot of fucking fun too. But I ended up shooting my pronghorn at seventy seven yards, which is pretty damn close. I probably I could have shot with a bow now. <laughs> arrow. So <laughs> That's a hell of a that's a hell of a shot with a bow and arrow. Sure. yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to take too much more of your time up here, man. Um, we'll definitely have to have you on again sometime and talk some more. This has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, vice versa, guys. And uh, I mean, that's the thing is, I'd like to t- talk about some of those hunts that you guys have had, uh, especially the one out to Africa. Like, oh, wow. yeah, on um, a little teaser here for the next time we do something. Yep. Um, yeah, man, guys, it's, it's good to reconnect with you. I'm glad you guys are doing well, survived COVID and all that <laughs> shit, and, uh, are. <laughs> yeah. Horn rear and, and and, ready to do uh, copious amounts of mushrooms and all that kind
2: of stuff. Like <laughs> uh, Hell yeah, dude.
0: I'm, I'm excited for you guys. So, like I said, open invite down here. I appreciate it, man. Um, And thanks, Jordan, for coming on.
2: Oh, yeah. Sure, this dude. has been awesome. Dude. You know that. Yep.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, Shane, you want to go ahead and tell everybody because you, um, where they can find you if they want to follow along with your escapades and all that shit and see. Sure, yeah. Now that I'm a retired, uh, uh, I guess, failed
1: politician, <laughs> uh, thank God. Right. Um, uh, radicalpod.com is what I'm doing full time. the uh, The Brave Mission is now part of that, and uh, you can find all the links to everything there. Producing about three to four shows a week now, and um, anybody that wants to help out with the Brave Mission, um, and possibly if you're a veteran, you know, uh, be selected for the experience, or if you're one of those people that's beat life. And, uh, want to help sponsor it, man. I could definitely use the help. All the links are there. And, uh, guys, like I said, humbled, uh, really appreciate it and look forward to hopefully having you guys down here and, and, uh, showing you guys firsthand so that you can go up there and replicate it and start your, your own Iowa chapter of, uh, whatever it is that you guys want to do. So, hell really yeah. appreciate it, guys.
0: Right on. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it. Um, cause yeah, yeah, you have your own podcast. You are the radical. So, right. That's what it, <laughs> he said. Radical. Radical
1: is the podcast. And yep. You want
0: you want to real quick. Tell, so what does it mostly entail about? Just so people know. So it used to be a little more uh, political,
1: but now it's this uh, really cool convergence that I've found with a bunch of crowds, obviously Liberty being uh, the driver behind what we're doing. Um, and then we've actually found the mechanisms to get there. Um, I cover a lot of Bitcoin, not crypto, just Bitcoin. Okay. Uh, and I also cover uh, now, obviously, uh, the psychedelics and uh, these these intertwined worlds that have so much in common with each other and have such great people. Uh, it's you know finding them, bringing them together, and and showing them. How they all kind of have this uh, confluence in terms of pushing us toward that in mission of liberty. So that's that's what it's mostly about, and we do some fun stuff on the side. It's growing,
0: awesome, dude. Well, I once again I appreciate you coming on, and everyone, go ahead and get out there and check out uh, Radical Pod and check out Shane's mission that he's doing. You know, it's, it sounds like a great thing, and I'm really excited to getting down there and meeting you face to face someday and experiencing what North Georgia has to offer, my man. You got anything, Jordan?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't really have anything. Got nothing for us. Um, other than on the crypto thing, uh, Shane, have you been following the FTX situation? Oh, man, I can go on <laughs> for hours. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to open a window. Lawrence, However, sometime we will have yeah, that conversation yeah. again. Maybe next time yeah. we'll
0: have Shane on again. We'll talk a little fucking crypto uh, fiasco. Yeah, because that's that quite, the, quite the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Peace.